<laughs> I, I think he's recording, just oh, so you know. <laughs> oh, my mom's going to be so mad. Does she still listen? I think so. Sometimes. I don't think um, consistently. Mm. But Where's our rate and review, Maureen? Oh, that's right. She listens enough to yell at me for how often I use the word like, so she's definitely going to scold me. <laughs> Belch and then like. <laughs> well, hey. Hey. It's, uh, it's not usually how I like to get, well, maybe it is how I usually like to get things started, but. Things or things? Huh? What things are you getting started by belching? Like Everything. Everything? My day. This podcast. <laughs> I just exude class, Danielle. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> that be you. Well, Kathy. Mm. That's not your name. I'm that's not sorry. my name. That's um, not your my name, name actually in my phone for some reason autocorrected to Katie earlier, which is weird because my phone knows your name. But for that's some reason, weird. It, yeah. Mm. But it knows your name is Kat. Mm. That's my name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. And this is a podcast <clears throat> called The V-Spot. Yeah, you'd never probably know. <laughs> Who was asking? Oh, Nick was in the store the other day. Oh. And he didn't know that we had a podcast. And I was like, we were definitely doing this when you were mm -hmm. here. But it's okay. He was like, well, what's it about? And I was like, it's well. vegan stuff. <laughs> and if you like listening to me and Kat talk... It's just that. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he was like, oh. And I was like, uh, we're funny. You should listen. Yeah. It's just like a recording of us hanging out for an hour every week. Exactly. Which, you know, you're welcome for exactly. bestowing that upon the world. Letting you into our lives. You want to start some podcast stuff? Yeah, let's do that. What do you got? Do you got any pop culture this week? I do have a pop culture. I mean, I think I have the most obvious pop culture that like just hit the the presses um, yesterday or this morning. Rachel actually sent it to us to the Instagram. I saw that. Yeah. Um, but I saw it um, after I saw it. I like. Uh, so what we're talking about is this is Gordon Ramsay says he's going to give this vegan thing a try. Um, and it, it stemmed from a post on his Instagram with a photo of a vegan pizza with that caption going to give this hashtag vegan thing a try. Yes, you guys heard that right. Um, but I looked at his um story mm -hmm. and it the post that came before his pizza post was a picture of his daughter and it said um her handle which i don't remember so and so is going veggie so i'm gonna one up her and go vegan so i don't know if like his daughter is actually going vegetarian or if she just mm. was eating vegetarian i'm not sure if this is or was it like one meal like yeah that's what i mean i don't know if he's just maybe trying out things for his new pizza restaurant or if he's like actually gonna try to eat vegan i find it very hard to believe i saw that, that he's gonna try um, to eat vegan on that pizza, because I went to the website, mm -hmm. and it looked like there was one possible vegan option, but there's only, like, it's a very small menu, yeah. at least that's on there right now. Like, it's street pizza. I yeah. didn't know street pizza was a thing, a specific thing, but it's, mm -hmm. like, three pizzas, and one of them might be vegan friendly. Hmm. So I don't know. Maybe, I mean, who can, maybe he tries one and falls in love yeah, with I it. Yeah, I mean, I that would be very cool if he did that. I also, I read that um, MasterChef Junior did its first ever vegan cooking challenge last year. 
Mm. Um, but he is like notorious for trash talking vegans. So I I don't believe it, but I'm here to applaud it if it's true. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me. He's kind of I mean, mind you, I I love watching his stuff, but mm. he is he's yeah. a jerk. He's not a oh, nice yeah. person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. I don't have any uh, other like actual pop culture, but I do have a thing that I saw online that made me go I like things. Like WTF hardcore, Uh-oh. Um, and I had to check to make sure that like it was real, and it is real. Um, and it, I was like, maybe we should have a "Is this real?" corner <laughs> because I feel like there's so much "Is this real?" Is in... every day of my life I walk around and "Is this real?" Is this real? Is, countless times in a day. Countless. Um, so, so that it was on a, a news. Um, a news station from Chicago for this restaurant called Bull City Burger and Brewery. And they're doing exotic meat month. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they're doing things like um, they've got one that's topped with camel. They've got one that's topped with, um, oh, bugs. Yep. That one's bugs. bugs. Crickets. Yep. Um But the one that came up specifically on this news article that, like, made me go, stop it right now, is this real? Um, Are you ready, Danielle? I don't think I am. (laughs) I don't think that you are either. Um, um, Sometimes you just, you can't say nope enough. But for whatever reason, one Durham restaurant is saying yes to a tarantula burger. (laughs) (laughs) Bull City Burger and Brewery is serving up the dish in celebration of exotic meat month. The only way to get a hold of this eight-legged beef sandwich is by winning the tarantula challenge. The burger costs $30 and and includes a pasture-raised North Carolina beef burger, cheese, and oven-roasted tarantula and spicy chili sauce. Participants can sign up for the limited challenge in the restaurant. Then they have to watch Facebook, Twitter, and the Bull City Burger and Brewery website to see if their ticket is drawn. So you have to, like, sign up to eat this. You have to like win. It's like your prize. I'm <laughs> Do not, you want to see a picture? I'm not saying anything because I'm like I'm actually gonna gag. Do you yeah. want to see a picture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Full tarantula, ladies and gentlemen. This is there's no question about what's on top of that burger. You know, full in, tarantula. In my head, I was really hoping. What? What? Here's what I was hoping. It was. It was like. The the legs were gonna be like those crispy onion rings you get on top, and like that's that's what I was hoping they did. No, but no, no, that's an actual deep fried tarantula with the head. Yeah, like all the parts are there, present and accounted for. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to sign up. Yeah, you have to win the special challenge, or you have to win the special contest and accept the tarantula challenge, and then. What do you get? You get to eat that. That's your but prize. Then what do you get? <laughs> Nothing. That's your prize. Other than being really, really fucking sick. That's it, what, both no. in the head and no. in the stomach. <laughs> no, you are the winner of the prize and you must eat the tarantula. I cast over? Are we done here today? <laughs> I I'm trying not to think. I'm I'm like talking and trying not to think about it because if I actually think about it, I will yeah. like I will yeah. I will like actually gag. Yeah. It's pretty gross, pretty horrible. Because that's just good stuff oh okay i have nothing 
yeah. like that. I have, <laughs> I have several. I have several newsy pop culture things. Nothing like that. All right. Well, I've gotten. I've blown your mind. So I'm done here today. So I'll just let you take over um, and tell me all of your things. Let's talk. Now that I've ruined this episode, for is you. it fuzzy? It looked kind of fuzzy. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, I think once it's deep fried, the fuzz is probably not quite as prevalent, but it definitely looked fuzzy. <sighs> Let me see. And then are you going to be picking out fuzzes like you do those when you eat corn on the cob and you have the little strings left in your teeth? Oh, I made the mistake of zooming. I made the mistake it's, of zooming. It's fuzzy, right? You're going to get do those. Do you want to see it again? No. <laughs> do you want to see it again? It's fuzzy, right? Yeah, it's definitely fuzzy. You're going to get them stuck in your teeth. You're going to be picking them out with dental floss. You know what this floss. looks like, though? Not to make not to make matters worse here, but this kind of looks like if you found a tarantula in your basement that had, like, mummified oh. over, after years. Mm. It looks like a very old, dead, like... I mean... It's not good. That doesn't look appetizing. Or or Andy thinks it looks like a kiwi, uh, I guess. <laughs> a kiwi with eight legs. Yeah, I guess it does kind of look like a kiwi. Whoa. All right. So we're just going to move right on now. Yeah. Nope. Um, Sorry about that. Moving on to something I would like to eat. Cookies. Who doesn't like cookies, right? I actually, darn it, should have made cookies. They're in the freezer. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. I oh, made the mistake no. of going to the Twitter page and there are comments on the photograph. And I just want you to know that that people have actually eaten it like employees of this place have already eaten it. And that and the staff says that it tastes most like crab or other shellfish, sometimes with a bit of a metallic taste. But the legs, the body, each bite tastes a bit different. I just wanted I just wanted you to know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cookies. <laughs> Back I'll, to I'll let it go. <laughs> back to cookies. Really excited about that. Um, so Cookie Monster had an interview with the Washington Post recently. And what? Cookie Monster. You know, like, we want cookies. <laughs> Cookie Monster. Sesame Street? Yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> I know who Cookie Monster is. He I had, just he had an questions. interview. He had an interview recently with the Washington Post um, because he has a cookbook. Cookie cookbook. Cookie oh, book. a cookie book? A cookie book. I want a cookie book. Me too. Um, but he has every monster cookies. Um, and the person doing the interview said, tell us the story behind every monster cookies. And he said, the only thing better than eating cookies is sharing cookies, which I politely disagree with because I think eating cookies is better than I'm gonna, sharing I'm cookies. I'm going to go ahead and disagree, Cookie Monster. <laughs> I want all my cookies for myself. For myself. Thank you. But he says, me want to share cookies with all me friends, even vegan and gluten-free monsters, so me found the perfect recipe that everyone can share. Oh, Cookie Monster. Isn't that so nice? That is nice. So um, in the book, Every Monster Cookies, and I read it before, and it sounds pretty good. It has like oats and chocolate chips and good stuff like that in there. Um, but it is for every monster everywhere. Mm. I thought that was really nice. That is really nice. Um, let's see. What else do I have? My other story is um, I'm a cumber bitch. I don't know if you knew that oh, about me. Lord. <laughs> Are you not? I am a fan, but I am not at a loser level to call myself that. Oh, excuse. What were you the other the other episode? A, 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 or what was Rachel a baby or B? What, what was she? Oh, was yeah. Like? I'm also not at a level to put myself in the beehive. That's I <laughs> love you, Rachel. I really, really do. I'm sorry. I'm still not over that. 
Um, but I also, and I would never say this to her face, I do not like Beyonce. You know so she I, listens to I, this, I, right? I know. You just lost your job. I, <laughs> which is why I would never say it to her face, but I'm certainly not in the beehive because I don't care for Beyonce. I will say that her Coachella performance was off the chain. That's right. I said it off the chain. It was fucking incredible. I'll give credit where credit is due. <clears throat> But I am, in general, not a fan. I can, I, that, I'm, I, I'm, I'm rather neutral on Beyonce, but I just felt Rachel Perry's, like, hurt <laughs> and I'm a big Jay-Z fan, though, so I don't know if that gives me any redemption. But, anywho, yeah. tell me about your, Yeah, so my, my, there. my Cumberbitch is going to go into the beehive. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what you're like? You're kind of like you're kind of like the mom from Mean Girls who's like trying to be cool and hip, That's, and her kids are like, "Get the get out of here!" Just no. That is that <laughs> That's is like me. Kind of what you are. That is me every single day of my life. Just like trying to That's be cool right. and hip, and like say all of the <clears throat> the new hip words. Yeah. Stop trying to make fetch happen, Danny. That's that's. that's <laughs> it. I know. All that right. Is me. Sorry. Tell um, me about that. But anyways, he did an interview with Sophia Grace on YouTube. Apparently, she's a big YouTube star 14 mm-hmm. years old i knew nothing about her i don't youtube very much mm-hmm. to be honest there i am being old again sorry um but it was really cute it was like a five minute i think i i'm gonna have the link up but five minute interview and um i thought the really outstanding part is they were talking about just general teenage things mm-hmm. um and he just they were talking about bullying and self-worth and things like that mm-hmm. and he just said as hard as it may seem you have to meet any bullying like you have to meet it with love and you have to understand why people often want to damage other people is because they da- they're damaged themselves. And if you could just turn that mirror around a little bit on them, then it might quell it slightly. I realized, too, you know, to stand on your own two feet, have your own self-worth, self-worth unaffected by bullies. They don't really know the real you. They just want to get at something to feel better about themselves. Oh, wow. So I thought that was really nice because we talk a lot on here about people being bullies mm-hmm. and being jerks and You just have to kind of meet it with love as best you can, even though you want to rage right back at them. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. But also, um, he it's he's not a 100 percent confirmed vegan, but he did say she Sophia asked him if they could eat it in Nando's. They're both British. So maybe it's a British thing. I don't know. But um. He, I think it is. It, yeah. That actually sounds know. familiar. And he said, he like laughed and he was like, yeah, I would if they had a vegan option. And it's the second time that um he's been yeah. heard saying that kind of thing. So presumably he is vegan. Oh, interesting. So, so that was really cool. Um, And then, nothing pop culture on this one, but I first thing I did this morning, came across my Apple News, was dog rescue at auctions. Okay, yep. So... Tell me your your feelings on dog rescues at auction, similar to if, you know, how Kathy Stevens rescued um, mm-hmm. Amos and Jesse. What, like, what is the auction? Like, I need more information. So. Because I think I know what you're talking about. I think I saw something about this, too, but tell me more. This in particular is, um, so dog rescue at auctions, the rescues go... They go in of their own accord to rescue dogs who are being sold. It used to be all like retired females that couldn't be bred anymore um, and they were useless. So the breeders would bring them in and then rescuers would go in and save them. Um, But now there's an increase of puppies. So this is where this article was going back and forth. And it was long that I was reading because now breeders 
have caught on to the fact that rescuers go in mm-hmm. and save puppies and so and and dogs in general and so they will bring in 12 puppies and say okay these are for auction knowing that rescuers will rescue them gotcha. and they keep pumping out now puppies is this the thing um i saw a bunch of articles that were like rescuers paying the breeders that they mm-hmm. that they normally against are, or yes, whatever yes. is that this story yes okay i saw a lot of articles about that but i didn't have the time to read them mm-hmm. so i was curious about that it's i mean it was it was a lot to read back and forth and i was like man i at the end of it i was like i don't know where i stand on it so a couple of things is like Back and forth, a quote that I wrote down was, some are of the opinion that you're putting money in the breeder's pockets. Others say you're saving the dogs from a life of breeding. My opinion is that if people are willing to donate and it doesn't take money out of my regular rescue, I will do it. And that was the founder of Corgi Connection in Kansas. Mm -hmm. And then on the opposition, there are very good responsible rescues that just love the dogs. And I think there are malicious, lying, cheating rescues that are in it for the money. And that's the owner of Southwest Auction Service, which is the largest mm. like place that does dog auctions. So wh- I just want to make sure I understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. So the so breeders are so mm-hmm. so what it used to be is that breeders were bringing the female dogs that they were breeding mm-hmm. to auction when they could no longer breed them, and rescuers were going in and mm-hmm. buying these dogs mm-hmm. at auction. Mm-hmm. And so now that breeders have caught on to this, they're also bringing puppies and animals that they know will be paid for, even though they don't technically need to be doing that. Right. Okay. And so the so the question is whether or not rescuers should be paying right. to quote unquote rescue mm-hmm. bred animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, so Bob, who's the owner of that same Southwest auction service, said that rescuers generate about one-third, maybe even 40% of the income at auctions. So it's 40% of those are going to rescue shelters. But the article went on to say, like, are, and this was, like, Bob's point, was are these these places actual rescues or are they then, like, just having adoptable dogs that can then be resold? Because some of these dogs are going for very, very cheap like $150. Some of them are going for way, way more. Apparently, and there's a little, <laughs> disgustingly enough, there is a chart in the article of the like worth. highest dogs. Yeah, um, the Cavalier King Charles is the highest worth dog. Quote, worth. Um, What's the lowest? I don't remember. I will have to go look at that curious. again. See, I don't know. that. I feel like that... You, you're going to go down a tunnel with that because then my question would be, so if these rescues are going in and buying these dogs, mm-hmm. do they have, they must have the space for them, right? Like they're not taking the space mm-hmm. from dogs that actually need rescuing? Nope, they have, they have space. And a lot of these places do, you know, like they're arguing, well, we don't make any profit. Like, yeah, we rehome the dogs, but these dogs, we're not talking like shelters either. Some of these dogs are then rehomed for $1,000. From oh. like like me like if I went to so yeah so that's not rescuing though exactly and that's where this article went back and forth into that now too are the rescuers truly rescues or are they if like, if reselling if like, them the, if it's like an actual rescue situation mm-hmm. where then you're going to like the humane society or like the ASPCA and somebody can come on down and rescue a dog free of charge or for like a small fee. Then I have less of an issue with that because then in hopefully, hopefully, (laughs) 
than you are maybe taking that dog out of a life of being bred, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but, I... <sighs> yeah. Um, but also maybe not. I don't know. That's hard. So let's see. So, okay. So here's an example, actually, that's good. So a French bulldog that Lone Star Rescue um, in Texas, ranch in Rescue and Ranch in Texas, um, paid $8,750 for a pregnant French bulldog at Southwest at this auction. And then the French bulldog was, so it had five fetuses, pregnant with five fetuses. So if there's five fetuses worth $2,000 a puppy, that's $10,000 in puppies, and the mom is a young female, so a breeder, would say, I got all my money back in one litter and own the dog for free, and she'll produce for another five years. So then after it was published, Lone Star posted on Facebook that it adopted out the five puppies for $1,850 a piece, and the adult dog for $1,350, a total income of $10,600. That's not a rescue. The group wrote that after paying medical expenses, it would lose $2,000 on the deal, including possible refunds of as much as $750 should all the adopters in the future choose to spay or neuter the puppies. So they said, you know, and they come out, they came out saying there's no profit. You know, we take care of all the medical bills, but. That's not a rescue. Exactly. And so there's like a shady market now going on within dog rescues in the dog market. Right. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, mm-hmm. I get, I don't know. That's like. Um, and to answer your question, a boxer, a Labrador retriever. No, boxer and Labrador retriever are the l- lowest prices sitting at about $2,500. The Cavalier King Charles is 10000 Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. And then they, and then they're being like further exploited too. So the other example that I had do, 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 is Will Yoder. Apparently that's the guy's real name. A Cavalier breeder. He was a breeder. He went to an auction. He won, which I hate. I hate saying this. Yeah. Like seeing and reading this, yeah. I was like, I felt sick. But yeah. won two dogs at the auction at Southwest for thirty six hundred and thirty nine fifty. He was just curious. Yoder says, I don't. I didn't think anyone would actually pay for it because they he came back and people wanted those dogs from him. He was the first breeder of that day to win. Prior to that, it had all been rescues or quote-unquote rescues. And he wanted to see how far he could push the rescues to take those dogs. So when approached afterwards, he was like, no, I'm not I'm not reselling them. They're, they're my dogs now. And he ended up reselling them uh, to the an Alabama-located rescue who paid $24,000 for the two Cavaliers. I... Yoder had paid 8305 Now, also, this Alabama rescue, it wasn't out of their pocket. They did GoFundMes and internet um, raising money things. And what was their reasoning? Like, why? Why? how did they get people to give them money to pay $24,000 for that dog? Um, apparently, that's the thing that these rescues do is they start all these GoFundMes and stuff like that and saying, like, hey, we're going in to rescue these dogs, like, help us help us out help us do this i don't i guess i just don't understand like what rescue means to them exactly i'm very confused some of them are just there to rehabilitate and take in the old dogs um so there's a video in this article of a lady who does that she takes the older dogs but some of these other people are like well i'm there to take like the rejects and and stuff like that and that's good but then some of them are just saving these dogs and then rehoming them again for an exorbitant fee because if you rescued a king charles right wouldn't you just then say well this is a rescued dog and now i'm going to adopt it out for 
what I mean, I can I could go to the shelter and adopt a dog for fifty dollars. Yeah. But nope. These are still like really high price. Purebreds and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Jeez. So I just I don't know. I, I was like, I don't know how to feel about that. And that feels like a little bit of controversy. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I just I, I don't know. I have a lot of questions. I don't completely understand the the process there. Why there's so many like sales. Like in general or Yeah. Like why I mean I guess is the thought process that okay, so I went in and I paid twenty four thousand dollars for this dog or whatever and so now I'm selling it for twenty four thousand dollars to make my money back? As a rescuer? Yeah. Depends if you're one of the ones that are that are under kind of like because i guess that's what i don't understand because i think if you spoke to anybody who you know quote unquote rescues animals if they went into an auction type situation Mm -hmm. and actually purchased an animal which i know a lot of rescuers don't do Mm -hmm. just for on principle if they went in and paid x amount of money for that animal i can't think of anybody that we've met in like the sanctuary scene Mm -hmm. or even like with dog or cat rescue that would then turn around and want to make a profit off of that same animal do you know what I mean? Or even, or even like, or even try to get their money it, back. If you will, you yeah, because like, that's um, not what it's about. Exactly. So I guess that's what's confusing to me is that like, if you're truly rescuing this animal and you go in and you pay nine thousand dollars or whatever, and then you turn around and you sell the animal for ten thousand dollars because you're trying to get your money back and make a profit, like that's confusing to me mm-hmm. because now you're exploiting that same animal and doing the same thing that that breeder would have done. Exactly, and that's. So that's not rescue, though. That's not rescue. No. <laughs> so I'm confused. You're, you're, you're not confused. You, you are living the life of what this, this whole article was saying. Is that it's like now an underworld of yeah. like. It's like the like underground market. Of yeah. Yeah. Purebred dogs. Yeah. Jesus. And then they're like, well, you know, these rescuers come in and they say that every breeder is a puppy mill and this and that. And yeah, it was very interesting to see them go back and forth. Like the different points of like the breeders versus the actual rescues versus the people who, like I just mentioned, the one with the 24,000, those people wouldn't comment. That's all like public record. But this article, they tried to get a hold of them and no comment. You know, you, I feel like there is even an argument to be made for what those rescue rescues are doing is like maybe not actually worse, but like that's pretty bad because the breeders, that's what they do is they breed these animals, you know, whatever. And as a rescuer, you're probably in some cases advocating against that right Mm -hmm. but now you're going in and you're profiting off of that same animal so somebody else did the dirty work or at least at the very least you're like not doing any good right i am so baffled by this because even if you pay ten thousand dollars for a dog and then you take that dog in medical bills and whatever and then you sell him or her for another ten thousand dollars you didn't really do any good I'm very confused. Maybe you by did, it. depending on what that dog was yeah. destined to be, if you took them out of the breeding industry. I don't know. But then, but, see, we're this we're just going to keep going on this for the rest of time. I know. Because then wouldn't you think that like if you so you're on this rescue's website and you say, "Oh, they've got a French bulldog." I, and that French bulldog is really young and female. I'm going to go adopt that French bulldog for $5,000 and now and I'm going to breed, breed her. her. Exactly. Or so, people who go on saying... And then you can say you rescued a bulldog. And... You didn't get it from a breeder. on the other side of things, people who go into these websites saying that they're they're like, oh, wow, I'm going to rescue this dog. Do they know that it's a purebred? Like, do they yeah. know 
because like if I walk into a pet store right now and I buy a Cavalier King Charles from the pet store in the mall, I know that that's a quote purebred dog. Right. I know what I'm doing. Right. But if I went to a website and I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to rescue hey, a dog. Finder. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez, that is quite the rabbit hole. Yeah. I found that very interesting. That's why I was taken up by like 20 minutes this morning, just sitting there going, huh? And yeah. then I reread it again. I was like, that's, that's dark. I feel like there's a lot of pathways on that one. Yeah. So you got that. anything else that'll make me confused? No. <laughs> well, I mean, possibly every single other thing I have to talk about, but nothing that's not like big topics. I'm so interested in what you have to talk about tonight. I don't have anything organized to talk about. I just have some, I guess, environmental facts that I went and just like researched some stuff here and there. Just like little like just like little just snippets. information, I guess. Yeah, I don't really have because anything. Because it's like, Earth Day. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> This weekend. Yeah, not today. Two days from when this airs? Is it Sunday? Sa- it's Sunday. It's Sunday? Mm. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> sure. I think it's Sunday, right? I think it's Sunday. Click. Click. It's Sunday. Oh, Andy should have talked. It is Sunday. So, yeah, two days from when this airs, it's Earth Day. So we thought we would talk about some earthy things yeah well i i mean i'll let you go first because i feel like you've got some very well-researched things and then i'll just kind of like sprinkle in my my facts my suggestions for things that you can do to be more earth-friendly so here oh (laughs) what is that that uh oh wait here's comes another one where did these come from my kitchen that's two gallons of water right there can i yeah, you can. Eat them. <laughs> they are um, the stuffing that I just threw almonds at her. For those of you who can't see, they're stuffing, so it tastes like eating stuffing, but they're in an almond. <laughs> Sorry, Andy. <laughs> oh my god, they do. Yeah. How did they do that? Here's a third one. Stop it! Actually, don't stop it. Actually, give me so many more. Um, whole bunch of different spices, like you would stuffing. So now, actually, I just threw three gallons of water on you. So is it one gallon per almond? One gallon of water for one almond. I think she's bending over to eat the almonds. She looks like she's going to throw up. I'm sorry. I guess I'll wait. They're just really delicious. They're really good. Um. So yeah, one gallon of water to make one almond. That's wild. That's really bad because nobody eats one almond. You know, like no. you can't. Now, now, folks, we all know <clears throat> the... The amount of water that it takes to make um, beef or chicken or things like that. So I'm not saying, fuck it, go back to eating animals, right? <laughs> However. We're going to go ahead and change the premise of this podcast. However. Change the name to fuck it. Go ahead and start. <laughs> go, just go, go, go gnaw on a cow's leg. Um, but so... Because one of the most, you you stop drinking cow's milk and you're like, I'm going to drink almond milk. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's bad. However, perhaps with all the other options out there, we could be making a slightly more conscious decision. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> so, put it, so it's 1,929 gallons per pound of almonds. So that's... 1,129? 1,929 1,929 gallons per gallons. pound of almonds. That's a lot. So it's not without some sort of cost mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so we got to talk about california 
um, I'm sorry, 1,929 gallons. gallons of water per what? Pound of almonds. Okay. Um, so we got to talk about um, California because... One of my favorite places. It's a great place. And California Central Valley provides 100% of the North American almond supply and 80 to 85% of the world's supply of almonds from the state of California. So... Um, I don't know if you know this about California, everybody, but it's kind of dry. It's a little dry out there. Um, It is. You're right. It is. It has been in a worse drought. First of all, with all the research I did in this, the word drought has started to look very, very odd to me. So just as a fun fact, Um, they have been under a drought for a while. It's not as bad as it was. Um, but as of April 10th in 2018, 76% of the state's population or 28,315,000 people are affected by drought in the state of California. And this was to produce, would you like to know, I'm throwing out some numbers, um, how many almonds were produced in 2017? Yep. 1,020,580 metric tons metric tons of almonds 1,020,580 metric tons of almonds now is there any information on because I, I guess i'm curious about is there you know any information on the breakdown of that like how much of that goes to almond milk versus like there is oh perfect um do, do, do in a couple of the different articles that i sent there is because the majority of it is is actually going the reason that there's so many more being um produced is because of the increase of almond milk of almond milk and it's because we've talked about this probably on here and everyone's read it where it's like plant-based options are on the rise Mm -hmm. almond milk is on the rise and that's good right we want that more than dairy milk however right it is now like mass producing right how many almonds does it take to make a gallon of milk or whatever that's a great question. Do you want me to research that yeah. while you talk to me? Okay. Yeah. So how many almonds does it take to make almond milk? Well, all right. So I'm still, the, the jury is still out um, because the first thing that came up when I looked it up was that lawsuit against Almond Breeze from a couple years ago mm. that there was only really like 2% almonds yeah. in their milk. Yeah. So I'm trying to find a more recent um, answer. Never mind, I thought I was going to sneeze. Sorry. Um, But so what I did find, though, was that um, it says, crap, I lost it. Um, So it says, uh, if an entire half gallon carton of almond milk, such as the plain and unsweetened variety, contains only around 30 almonds, that means an eight ounce glass would only provide one gram of protein. Mm -hmm. That's not good. So all of this work for all of these almonds because of... uh, New increase in demand for almond milk because people are finding that to be a good alternative for them. And not not to say that they are um, correct when dairy drinkers say that there's not enough protein. But like, depending on the almond milk you're getting, maybe there isn't. Maybe you're not getting, you know, what it's worth. And and think about that. We talked about we talked about this before, like diluting things. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of what they're doing. Mass producing, mass producing and not giving a quality product. Yeah. Um, so I went in a little bit of like a chronological order of facts, things here. So, um, 
going back to 2014, which was like the height of the drought in um, California. Yeah. The aquifers supplied 40% of the state's water in normal years, but in high drought times, it's as high as 65%. So those are um, like some kind of like rock. It's an underground layer of permeable rock that contains water. And so that's where most of California's water comes from. Uh, all right. And then, so almond farm. Hello. <laughs> We're playing footsie. Um, almond farmers drill thousands of feet into aquifers to pump out water and it's resulted in some areas in subsidence of around 11 inches per year and that that means like ground collapse the ground is collapsing up to 11 inches um per year Jeez. which can it's i mean why this is a bad 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 thing infrastructure bridges roads irrigation canals and yeah. can also trigger earthquakes oh. um and then as of 2016 23,000 acres of natural land was converted to almond farms. 16,000 of those acres were previously classified as wetlands. Jesus. And again, this is all because it's it uh, is it the only almond supplier in that's in California and into the world. 85% of oh. the world's almonds come from California. So, yeah, in their minds, they're going to get rid of un, unusable land, wetlands, right. things that, you know the earth wants the earth right, needs right our animal friends um almonds are the leading agricultural export and the third highest valued crop do, do, do. let's see and then more than a million acres of almond orchards stretch like a vital artery in the central valley uh da, da. so dollar amount in those million acres 21 billion dollars in gross revenue across all industries adding 11 billion to california's total economy this is in late 2017. Um, in this, so this is an article that I was reading written by an almond farmer, why to save like the almond industry, if you will, who was also previously the secretary of the Department of Food and Agriculture for <laughs> California. Sure. So of course he was pro-almond and currently an almond farmer. This was, so the title of this article was The Senate GOP Tax Bill Will Hurt the Almond Industry. California Republicans must step in. (laughs) (laughs) And I was reading this and I was like, this sounds really biased. And surprise, surprise, it was. And it was all about money. Um, In exactly one sentence in this, it says, this doesn't even include the valuable global health benefit provided thanks to this nutritious nut. And then it keeps going about money and taxes throughout. But it's one one health value. So, I mean, it's a money as well. It's all about course, money. Yeah. Um, let's see. So now I was reading an article in Bloomberg that said there's going to be a surplus. So during that high drought, people were getting rid of their old almond trees because they weren't going to produce and planting like a crap load of baby almond trees. So now they're going to start producing again and there might be a surplus of almonds because farmers kind of like jumped the gun mm. and we're like, oh my God, we have to do this quick, like plant all these little trees. Yeah. And so now there might eventually be a surplus of, of almonds, which then what do you do with them? Yeah. And then, so in conclusion with how this is sucky for the, I don't even know how to read this number. <laughs> I don't know how to read this number. What, what, what number is that? I don't that? know. I can't. I, my head exploded at the mere thought of that number. Let's try Trillion. together. Let's do it. No, it's not. Four trillion. No. No. Yes. Yeah. Four, four trillion. Four trillion. 
300 yeah 4 trillion 340 billion oh yes 237 million 944,598 <laughs> Of water to create those almonds that we That's talked about. That's 104 from days worth of water going over Niagara Falls. Thank you, Andrew. To create <laughs> to create those almonds that California Jesus produced last year. Christ. 104 days of fucking Niagara Falls. That's wild. And California literally doesn't have that water. It it doesn't. It's no, drilling I, it, into right. the ground. <laughs> right, right. To get the water, it doesn't have. And this was, again, this is like right now, it was funny looking at the the map of where the highest drought is. Um, but it's like minimal drought. Like they just live in a perpetual state right. of drought. And then the severe parts is when it gets really, really bad. But like maybe you wouldn't be in such a severe drought if this wasn't. You go but, to hotels and stuff and there's like little placards that's mm-hmm. like, save water, reuse your towel, save mm-hmm. water, turn the water off when you brush your teeth, like all these little things. And yet there's however many trillion gallons of water being used well, that's, to harvest Well, that's why they want you to not so brush wild. your teeth as you can eat more <laughs> almonds. That's <laughs> just so <laughs> wild. Yeah. Yeah. So... Stay plant based. <laughs> However, yeah, maybe, maybe think about some alternatives like Oatly, yeah, like your your hemp milks, Ripple, yeah, and, and things like that. Um, Even because I was thinking about how um, you know you can you can make your own cashew milk so mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. with just like a third of a cup of cashews, and you can make like a big jug of cashew milk. Mm-hmm. So or I like mean. if you like really love almond milk, because I get if you do like yeah. that. Make your own at home so at least you can say, I'm using this many almonds to create my milk, and it's 100% pure almond milk, unlike what you were talking about. Yeah, that- with, like, the sugar and the water. And then, so that's the other <sighs> thing, too, is that it ca- it takes all this water to harvest almonds, but then almond milk is ha- is predominantly water. water. Yeah. And, you know, sugar, maybe some added vitamins. Yes. Yeah. Nothing is sacred. Nothing you know? is. Nothing is sacred. Can I tell you about another thing? Yes, please do. Maybe sometimes. Oh my god! <laughs> wow, got Rain Man in the corner over here doing all kinds Six, of math. So that's the equivalent of six thousand five hundred and seventy-two great pyramids. Oh. Anyway. Wow. Um. So maybe when you go to brunch some days, try <laughs> try to not try to avocado don't oh, with your toast. <laughs> Because, avocado don't avocado because, toast yeah because oh no you're gonna take this away from me i am no <sighs> why avocado don't so <clears throat> is that the name of this episode avocado, avocado don't, don't. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay i'm gonna need you to stop looking at it andy because i we're done with that. <laughs> we're done with it i don't care <laughs> all right ruin my life ruin my avocado life <laughs> So, did you know, not surprisingly, 40% of the world's avocados are grown in Mexico. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. not shocker there, right? Um, <laughs> that occupies 340,000 acres of land Okay. for, for avocados. Um, 2.5 acres of avocados generates an average of $5,400. So, Andy, Rain Man, do some math. So, on... 340,000 acres of land, 
which you would think sounds like a great place, Avocado Land, because I also love avocados. That's $734,400,000 right there. Oh, my God. Um, however, let's talk about, well, actually, no, let's keep talking about um, money. The drug lords have the avocados. <laughs> okay. What? Drug drug lords are, are like in the avocado. the avocado. Sometimes, yeah. Because in order to have that much land, there's mass deforestation. I can't say the word. Deforestation? Deforestation? That's the word that you're tr- yeah. struggling with? Deforestation? Yeah. yeah. Deforestation. Deforestation. What do drug lords have to do with deforestation? <laughs> So to, in order to plant all of these avocado orchards, which I didn't know that's what it was called as an avocado orchard, um, you have to get rid of a crap load of pine forests. And the mass government does not want to do that and like any sort of forest. And so it, they are illegally going in and or planting avocado trees underneath because the other trees are so tall that you can start planting them underneath right. and then break down the forest. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so between 2001-2010, avocado exports have tripled, which doesn't really surprise me, um, leading to a loss of forest land of about 1,700 acres a year in order to keep up with the demand for avocados. Jesus. Um, so it's an impact on wildlife as this, it's the forests contain much of the wintering grounds of the monarch butterfly, which I have mixed feelings about because I'm terrified of butterflies. <sighs> So, like, there's this deep, dark part of me that's like, good. (laughs) But, like, I guess it's not because I know that's just a me issue, not a butterfly issue. Things you shouldn't say on a vegan podcast. Guys, I know that's a me issue. all the butterflies. It's it's a me issue. It's fine. I don't want them to all die. (laughs) Um, But I really don't, especially because people are just... Um, greedy. And yes, butterflies do feed on tears. Oh my god. So there's a reason to be afraid of them. Um, But at the end of the day, whether or not I like anything, we shouldn't be killing them because we're greedy and we need massive avocados. I mean, again, at the end of the day, I'm not saying don't eat avocados. Right. But why we gotta be so greedy? Why do we have to demand so much that you can't provide for that? Like, chill. So... Eat one avocado. Don't need 50 of them, especially, and do not lie to me, everyone out here, you all know that avocados go from not ripe to really bad in the space of like five minutes. Right. So I also would love to know if somehow there is a statistic for how many avocados get thrown out because they're bad. Look at the grocery stores. Yeah, all the time. You go through and you pick out a couple of good ones and then how many of them are getting tossed because they're bad. So we're you know, killing all these forests to produce all these avocados. Right. And they're all probably going to, a lot of them are going to waste. Right. Um, And then, but also the drug gang. So if they provide the the means for people to um, start avocado farms, if the farmers don't pay a certain amount of money to them, they will burn their orchards to the ground. Hmm. Um, So yeah, no, the, it's like the drug cartel in the avocado business. Does not surprise me there. Um, and also a lot of illnesses. So in surrounding areas and villages around the avocado orchards, are people are developing a lot of like liver issues and things like that that were not previously there before the massive expansion of the avocado orchards. Yeah. We're talking 
pesticides, chemicals, and things like that used to grow them are going into the water supply. Yeah, um, your avocado, avocado don't facts um, reminds me of, I found a lot of information about the growth, growing soy and how that's very detrimental to the environment. But a lot of what I found, though, um, everything that I was reading essentially said the same thing, that that a lot of deforestation has happened to grow soybeans. Mm -hmm. But it's something like 90% of the soybeans that are grown are fed to animals that we eat. So it's it's not really like the tofu and the soy milk and the, all of that. That's mm-hmm. the problem. It's the amount of soy and the amount of corn, too, if you want to really get into it, that is um, – being grown to feed animal agriculture. I found a lot of stu- a lot of people kind of like going back and forth on the controversy of that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I also say don't stop eating your tofu scramble with your avocado toast. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like do that versus eating some hot flesh or anything. But hot flesh. <laughs> yeah. M- maybe make a little I don't know a little more conscious decision yeah I feel like as long as you're you should be just conscious I'm such a big advocate for that like knowing where your food comes from and knowing the footprint that you're causing Mm -hmm. through your choices and as I think most people I hope most people know at this point animal agriculture is responsible for such a huge part of climate change and global warming and all that so um you know, we're just trying to bring to light some other things that have a little bit of a footprint, too, that you should be aware of. Um, and also focus. I was just pulled something up because I was like, this might be interesting. Research focusing on alternative uses for almond byproducts because there there are byproducts um, with that. Apparently, almond hulls may be used to produce mm. food grade sugars that could replace high fructose corn syrup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They could become a soil conditioner. Or could find their way into plastics, which we want to get rid of plastic anyway. Plastic is kind of my topic. So, <laughs> or they could find their way into baby diapers as an absorbent. Interesting. Mm. I just, I'm just picturing a, a baby diaper lined with little, yeah, little that f- almond, sounds like it would feel crumbs. good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because the value of hulls has significantly declined as the demands from the dairy industry are decreasing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, almond hull production is increasing. So now you have all this, again, just like with the avocados being thrown out, you're mass, mass producing all these almonds. And then there's like a surplus of of extra parts that now the dairy industry, because we aren't needing the dairy industry as much, doesn't need as much of the almond hulls. But then it's like a... Right. Well... Wow. Three years um, ago, growers were getting $150 a ton for hulls, which were fed to cows. Of almond hulls mm-hmm. that were fed to cows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's what they did with them. The dairy and meat industry are down, and the amount of almonds is up 5 to 10% per year. Jesus. Well, I don't have um, anything like, you know, like a one solid topic like you have. I just have like a couple like quick little informative things for people for Earth Day. Um, Danny, did you know that it takes 400 years for plastic to degrade? 400 years? 400 years. I want you to think <gasps> about that for a second. 400 years. Um, so yes. you could essentially get your very own relic by going and picking some plastic out of the ocean. Yeah. Because it could be like it's 300 years like old. 
whatever. Yes. Cool. Um, so it takes uh, possibly more than 400 years to degrade, and about only 12% of plastic has been incinerated. So, like, most of the plastic that's ever been made still exists. And did you know that about only 90% of the stuff that you recycle is actually recycled? No. Or 90% is not is Wait. Is not recycled. I thought you. I, I was watching <laughs> your face, stroke. and I was waiting for you to do the brain I said, thing. I said it in reverse, and I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Only like nine percent of what you recycle is actually recycled. Ninety-one percent is not recycled. What happens? To um. You? So, like, so much of it has to do with the way plastic is like treated now mm. with you know different um, chemicals and pesticides and insecticides like all these different chemicals that are in plastics colorings that are in plastics different things that you know with packaging and whatnot so when plastic when you recycle and plastic is getting sorted somebody has to go and sort all those different plastics whether it's plastic six plastic mm. four whatever mm. somebody's job is to do that and sometimes it doesn't happen and so most of it just ends up in the landfill anyway so what can we do about that Danny? Don't be Don't a douchebag and use plastic. As I sit yeah. here with a Schweppes bottle next to me. <laughs> well, I mean, the day that someone has like an on tap ginger ale that'd machine, be, which would be, be so fucking that would good. Be the best. Um, but yeah, so I actually, um, there's a, a an organization um, that we, uh, um, and I say we meaning the Royal Week. <laughs> the royal we you've never heard that no okay what does that mean the ro- have you andy are you looking at the royal we what does that mean it's like if the queen says like we but she's oh. talking about like not just herself like every like the royal we is like everybody's right oh. right um so anyway um the five i never pronounced this right i hope i am saying this right the five guy gyres g-y-r-e-s gyres gyres what is this? It's an environmental organization. Oh, Geyer. They're a charity pop partner. Oh. Five Geyer. Geyer. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Can you pause the, pause the podcast? Pause my life, actually. Um, no, it's Geyer's. Is it? No, I don't know. But maybe if we just keep saying it and we're really wrong, someone will email for the first time and be like, you guys are fucking stupid. I think it is. Wait, hold on. <laughs> this is the longest, most broken podcast. Gyre. Gyre? Gyre. Do you want me to tune into the thing? Gyre. 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 That's that's how YouTube Gyre. says that you pronounce it. That's good. Anyway. So what is it? The five um, gyres. The five gyres. <laughs> um, they have a um, on their website. Their website is so good. They're the organization that we partnered with at Lush to ban the microbead. They're the ones responsible for that. Um, And they have a lot of really great information on their website. um, And they have a lot of like really good suggestions for what you can do. Um, And some of the things that they suggest are, you know, when you go and get coffee, don't ask for a top. Because something that I actually didn't know is that the tops for coffee cups, even if you get Mm -hmm. like a plastic cup, those tops are made out of um, styrofoam. That's like a styrofoam based plastic. And styrofoam is like the worst. I remember when, um, when I and I was just that. reminded, of <laughs> and I told everyone because I was appalled. Lush's hashtag ban the cup. Yes. Um, and I remember because I started doing that every time we'd go out to eat, and Andy was like, "Why aren't you getting a top? We're gonna spill this." <laughs> and I was like, "Cause I don't want to." Yeah, all those coffee cup tops, like at Starbucks and whatnot, they're all made of it's a styrofoam based plastic, um, or whatever. 
Um, what about those ones that use um, like the juice bars and stuff that you use using like uh, you see using like the corn? Isn't there like plastic made from like corn? Didn't we talk about that on another episode? Somebody said something about something made from corn. Maybe. You'd think we'd know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, did Actually, you know? I think you, you wouldn't think Here, that. So here's just like some crazy facts from this website. Um, in 2011, plastic trash was America's primary export to China. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, that's right. Um, that is that is right. Um, Eight million metric tons of plastic enter the ocean each year. Um most plastics made from petroleum and built to last some for thousands of years in the ocean sun wave sun and waves break down most plastics into small microparticles which never truly biodegrade um so they led a, they led research that found that there is an estimated 5.25 trillion particles of plastic smog weighing in at 270,000 tons in our oceans and they even talk about compostable plastic and say that um while it's made from non-petroleum sources, um, you need a large composting facility to break down soy um, and PLA, which is made from corn, plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, because PLA is hard to break down, some recycling facilities consider it a contaminant. Only oh. PHA, which is made from bacteria, is marine um, degradable and only to a point. Within six months, it degrades by 30%, but only in warm tropical waters. Mm. So I guess there's still like a lot of problems even with those things. Um but I also, because I was thinking what of, about straws. Oh, that's why, get out of my head. <laughs> Literally where Again? I'm going right now. We do that all the time. Remember that time I had a fever dream about yes. something you were about to do the next day? That was bad. That's, yes. Yeah, um, straws. I've started carrying my own straw now. Yes. So um, straws will remain on the earth for 90 or more years. Did you know that? That's longer um, than most people remain right. on the earth. Approximate uh, straws are used for approximately 30 minutes, but will stay on the earth for approximately 90 years. Um, the number of fast food meals served per day in America is about 50 million. So think about that. If you get a drink with each of those meals, that's a lot of straws. Mm-hmm. Um, so you the so this um skip the straw.com there's a lot of um really good information here too and they have links where you can buy like the um reusable straws to carry around with you which i um i had like a couple of them but i am the worst at washing them i need like one of those like pipe cleaner things Mm -hmm. because washing them is really difficult because all i would ever use a straw for would be my smoothies. smoothies and so they become very difficult to clean when you're as lazy as i am so (laughs) <laughs> I just need to get like a better way of cleaning things. Yeah, we have we have the little thingy that yeah, for my straws. Yeah. Anything else you got? I read an article yeah. once and I was trying to find it but I couldn't find it. Um I like it was this was like a year or more ago, but it was an article that said that some of the things that you can do to fight climate change, um num- one of them was going vegan or stop Oops. eating um right. meat, if you will. Um one of them was riding your bike to work. Um, one of them was not having kids. <laughs> and one of them was well, recycling. Three out of the four you're going <laughs> to right? fulfill. Because um, they talked about overpopulation and how overpopulation is such a, um, a you know, a big cause for climate change. Um, but the biggest one, the biggest one that they talked about was not eating meat. 
There you go. Yeah. Oh, this is the article. I was just look. Oh, my God. I was just looking at this article not too long ago. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is much bigger than previously yes. thought. Yes. Isn't it like the size of Texas or oh, something man. wild? It's um, it's a garbage patch, a huge swath of debris swirling between Hawaii and California. Some of it comes from fishing boats. Some has been washed up the land. Most of it is plastic. It's twice as big as Texas. Uh, maybe that's what I saw. I knew they compared it to Texas in some way. Yep. Twice as big. Ugh. It's just floating. Cat purring. <laughs> floating debris and, and garbage. And it's, let's see. There's like, there's a picture of it somewhere. I don't know why it's not on here, but, um, oh, you can hear it on All Things Considered, which is another podcast. Hmm. Um, I'll send that too. It's like a garbage patch. The fact that we even have a garbage patch floating around the ocean hey, if you is like, pretty bad. I feel like if you really think about the magnitude of the amount of plastic that exists and how plastic really never goes away, that I mean, that's crazy. It's got to go somewhere, right? So where yeah. where does it go? You don't it's, think about that. Yeah. The other thing that I saw that is what I texted you about before was um, in it was on that the same website, um, the five. What was it? Gyres. Gyres. (laughs) Um, I'm going to make that my charity part (laughs) on their website as well. Um, They talked about microfibers and clothing, about how if you're buying um, synthetic clothing. I'm only going skyclad from now on. (laughs) Work everywhere. (laughs) If you're wearing like cotton and whatnot, it's fine. But if you're wearing like synthetic polyester fiber, whatever clothing, Mm -hmm. um, every time you wash it, a little bit of plastic goes into the water stream Mm -hmm. and those fibers end up in the ocean, too. So your choices are don't wear clothes or be a very dirty, dirty person and don't wash your clothes. Right. Which I I mean, I, I mean, to really be honest, I don't wash my clothes that is. often. I wear like stop washing your jeans after one wear people wear them for a couple of days. Nobody's oh going to know. A couple of days. I know. Exactly. <laughs> my leggings. Yeah. Uh, I wear the same pants. Like I'm probably going to wear these pants every day tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Whatever. We're saving, saving the, the environment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, got anything else? I have a lot of food to talk about. I have I have one good food thing. Like I did not get to try the one I, thing. I didn't that talk I about my city food, did I? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, can I before we should I food? No, we'll end with that. Let's do food first. Okay. So, um, so I just have a couple quick quick-ish things. Um I went to the city a couple um, Sundays ago and had, where did we go? We went to, oh, we went to um, Urban Vegan Kitchen for brunch. Um, and I just always have the absolute best experiences there. They're just mm-hmm. the best. Um, and then the theater that we went to had, um, like you it, you had, it was like a theater where you sit at tables and you there was like a table minimum. So mm-hmm. we each got something and I had like this huge platter of tater tots and it was the most delicious. That's, um, that's a good day. Yeah. And even though they didn't have necessarily, I mean, they had like vegan stuff, but they didn't have vegan stuff. You know right. What I mean? But they had little V's next to the tater tots to indicate like, hey, vegans, you can eat this and that's stuff, which, nice. I, which Michaela and I appreciated. And Christine, she's a vegan too. Um, and then I, oh, oh, and then we went to Orchard Grocer for um, 
and because we went to two shows and so we had a very limited amount of time so and because we were downtown we went to orchard and um i got a grilled cheese Mm. which they made with the violife um provolone Mm -hmm. and it was so good so good so I bought more of my my herbivorous butcher bacon, which I've already gone through because I just can't I just can't stop. It's so good. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all my food. I do want to give a shout out to the waitress that we had at Friday's last night because I we went and I got a Beyond Burger. Oh yeah, how was it? Um, it was well. So okay, couple things. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, um, I really appreciated our waitress because I was asking her a million questions. What kind of bun is it on? What is the sauce that it's on? And she's like, "Are you a vegan?" And I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Okay, so I'll take the sauce off." Like she knew what to do. Mm-hmm. She's like, "Oh, and just so you know, when it's a vegan burger, we cook it on a different surface. We do this, we do that. Like I'll make sure." She was very like wow. attentive. Yeah. Um, but what I thought was odd. I've had the Beyond Burger in, I think, every place locally that offers it. And I mm-hmm. find that a lot of places who offer the Beyond Burger, it's always a lot thinner than mm-hmm. when you when you actually buy them. And I don't know if that's because they, like, reform them. I was going to do they, I, like, yeah, burger they, like, press it yeah, or whatever? which I actually kind of like because it makes it, like, a little bit more crispy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fridays, it's almost as if they, like, put two patties together. Like, this burger was huge. It was really? so big. Yeah. It, it was really? so big. I don't think that's weird. I don't remember that's how it was because yeah. we went to the Fridays. Yeah, this one like, right here. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really big. And I was like, weird. Uh, hmm. And I had Violife provolone in my purse. And so I like snuck my own cheese on the burger. <laughs> I don't care. Last time I went to Fridays, I got the potato skins and had them take everything out. And I added guacamole. <laughs> so it was just a potato skin with guacamole on the inside, which, by that the way, was good. fucking delicious. Yeah, that sounds really good. That's really smart. It was good. Interesting. Yep. I also saw, um, I haven't gone yet, but I saw that Joey posted that Beer Garden in Schenectady has his wings now, yes. which really pleases me because that's a lot closer to where I live and now I can get them all the time. But, okay. They also have them at the Beer Garden down here. Yeah, I know, but I don't live here. No, I know, but Andy, Andy <laughs> gave you the finger. Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry, Andrew. Um, Let's see. What do I have for food? I did not get to try the Beyond Sausage at the city because when yeah. we went to the place, they said... We're out. And, oh, the company's out. And then it was funny because literally the day after, they got them at our Whole Foods. And I was like, I know. Hmm. I, I haven't tried try them, them yet because payday. Yeah. Wait. I want to try them exactly how Sarah posted her photo. She did it with, like, tots. Just, like, a very all-American meal. I want to do, like, sausage, peppers, and onions. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm just, like, really excited. Um, But when I was down in the city, we ended up going to Brick Lane Curry House, which is so fucking good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. They're super attentive there, too. So when I'm like, what's vegan? They literally like it's not labeled on the menu, but they they do have one section that is. But the other the curries are kind of mixed in. And so they just they literally point. They're not just like, oh, this one and this one, because with Indian food, sometimes it's really hard to tell the difference. Um, So they sat and they're like, oh, this, this and that. And like not this sauce, um, but you can get, you know, this bread and stuff like that. And it is literally the best fucking curry I've ever had. Mm. It's so delicious. I don't remember the name of, of the one that I had, but it's on our Instagram. That was my delicious meal. I'm getting really, really controlled and good at taking pictures before I, like, unhinge my jaw and devour yeah, my food. Yeah, right. Because it's hard. Um, and then, so I wrote down on my note, my very own egg salad, because I have to tell the world how I almost made myself throw up because I made really good tofu egg salad for my first time using black salt. Um, I've had it before in things, but I've never used it myself. And I... I 
stirred it all together. Salt, pepper, black salt, tofu, um, my just mayo. And I like took a bite and I was like, huh. it's I was like, this is like eating yeah. egg. It was crazy. And then I did it again today. But I put in some olives because I am mm. a true old person. So olives. like an egg and mm. olive salad yeah. sandwich is fucking delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just remember that the special at Bourbon and Wolf last week, the Thai tofu sandwich that they did mm-hmm. was like I think one of the best things they've ever done really? that thing was so good Mike always makes fun of me because I never finish a meal like I always leave something on my plate but I like Casey and I both we unhinged our jaws and it was gone like <laughs> I just like ate it whole it was so good it looked really good it was very good my only slight criticism would have been I would have liked more of the little crunchy noodles. But other than that. <laughs> By crunchy noodles, do you mean crunchy tarantula arms? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. I'm glad that you were able bring to. Bring it full circle? Yeah. I'm okay. glad you were able to not only bring it full circle, but interpret what I was really trying to say. Yeah. Really getting to yeah. the heart of my words. Um, yeah. No. So... I would like to end this with two things. Have we talked about cash cow? How like that's a phrase? You know how we say yeah, like yeah. cold turkey? Have we talked about cash cow? I don't often? think we have talked about cash cow. Um, It's funny because in my research today, someone was like, oh, almonds are the cash cow. And I was like, huh. huh. <laughs> because it keeps on. You yeah. can keep on milking it. Yeah. When you milk a situation, yeah. you milk your cash cow. Right. I'm like, holy shit. Um, and that is quite that is like a very literal um, where did it come from? Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, but also we have to talk about something that I somehow managed to forget, even though I told you that we would talk about it, is you've never apparently heard the term ham-fisted. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we forgot about ham-fisting. <laughs> so would you like the Urban Dictionary? Do you know what the problem yeah, Tell me the Urban Dictionary and then I'll tell you my problem. <laughs> I think you know the problem, but talk to me anyway. The Urban Dictionary, because I say this all the time, like, oh, that was, I think I was, it was at work. I know. And I was talking about something and I was like, that was very (laughs) ham fisted of them. And you were like, what? What did you call me? And I was like, (laughs) say it again. Um, And I was like, that's ham fisted. You've never heard of that? Um, So according to Urban Dictionary, ham fisted is receiving total hand pleasure from a large-handed, sweaty man who may or may not recently have eaten a large quantity of meat, hence giving him the meat sweats, causing a ham-like scent. <laughs> is that really what it means? That's Urban Dictionary. Oh, okay. I was, is, I was like, is that what you were trying to portray to me when you said that? No. Oh, well, that's just Lord. Really gross. Um, Hampusted is... <laughs> And somebody would find pleasure from that sweaty man's uh, hand? Apparently. Oh, God. Um, so usually, like, the way I was saying is that it's heavy-handed of them. So if someone does something, like, really, if they're clumsy, inept, or if they do something, like, really, I would say, like, cheeky, heavy-handed, like, too much. Okay. It's ham-fisted. That's ham-fisted of them. But why? But why? <laughs> why does that mean that? Uh, oh, it's doing things in an awkward or unskilled way when using the hands or dealing with people. So sometimes I do things in a ham-fisted manner. Gotcha. Um, so let's say, where did it come from? Let's see. Ham-fisted origin. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, uh, hard-hitting characters from 1905 with folded hams was a Middle English way of saying kneeling. Ham also had a sports-like sense of incompetent 
wow, it's really weird. Like, very odd. Yeah, hard-hitting characters in 1905. Persons so clumsy that their hands are as useless as hams. I see. And so, so you had like so a, if you're like heavy-handed, hand? yeah. You if got you're a ham like hand. yeah, if you're heavy-handed and you're doing something too much because you're clumsy about it, and your you just, ham, you've got ham hands. Yes, yeah, ham hands. <laughs> you're ham-fisted or ham or ham-fingered. <laughs> go. Oh God! Oh God! Um, I do have a, I have, I guess, a funny story to end this with. Um, ham, ham fisted wasn't good enough. <laughs> I mean, it made he is a little ham fisted. Um, uh. So when when we when we started recording this episode, I was um, texting with Jordan about the Impossible Burger thing about how they tested on animals, mm-hmm. and I was I was like, well, if you'd listen to our podcast, then you would know the details. He doesn't listen to our podcast. He used to. I, apparently, he's behind. I don't know. Well, I'm sorry. Is he too busy for <laughs> I us? I know. But he was like, uh, so we were talking about that, and I was like, well, you know, like we talked about on the podcast, everything is tested, da 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 I was like, you know anything labeled with an SPF is tested on animals, mm-hmm. you know, you use SPF, da 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 And he goes, but, but wait, do we eat SPF? And I was like, what? What? <laughs> and we went back and forth in this whole conversation because he didn't understand what I was trying to tell him because he thought I was saying that you eat SPF. <laughs> And then he ended it by saying that he ended it by saying that he that he thought I was gonna then tell this story to the public because nothing is off record. And oh, so, yeah, no. so I am. <laughs> well, you can you can admit to it or you can leave it up to him to listen to the podcast and find out and if you talked about that's it. That's right. That's exactly right. He said, but what does what does that have to do with burgers though? Do we eat SPF? <laughs> Can I message him and be like, did you have SPF for breakfast this morning? Uh, Did you get your daily dose of SPF? a little ham fisting (laughs) with words (laughs) and understanding. Oh, God. Anyway. Thank you for teaching me about ham fisting. You're welcome. Gross. Apparently you can be a ham fat man. Oh, Lord. All right. A synonym for a poor performer. Ham fat man is a synonym. Ham fat man. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I want to <laughs> just say really quickly that the whole ham fisting thing threw me off when you said it to me because of like the fisting part of that, like mm. the word fisting. That's mm. <laughs> what so made me go, I'm sorry, what? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, yeah. it's a weird combo of words, I think. It is. So, all uh, right. <sighs> this was exhausting, all this ham fisting. That's what happens. Um, let's see. This is not my normal clicker. Nope. Well, we can't end the podcast. And now we just, this we is just it. Forever. Now we keep we talking. keep talking forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We wrap, yeah, we'll wrap it up fine. <laughs> we get it. All uh, right, bang. Uh, head to our socials and stuff. Stuff and things. Yeah. Uh, vspot.fm. Go there. All our socials are there. Send us an email. Um, um, Allie and Jesse, we know you sent us emails. We are going to talk about them. We swear. Yes, we just we did get your emails, and we appreciate you very much for sending them. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, to the people who have rated and reviewed us, we love you. Mm-hmm. And we appreciate you. Yep. 
And people who subscribe, we love you and appreciate you too. Yeah. And anyone who listens to us ever. Um, the actually. person who wrote the review that we don't know who you are. Um, yeah, with that the, said that, that hashtag not, milk floods. Yeah, that hashtag milk floods that said you're not a vegan. Please send us an email and tell us about yourselves because we loved your review. I I laughed out loud. Yeah, I really so did. did. I. I was like, oh, a stranger. At yes. least I assume a stranger. Yes, well, whoever you are, hashtag milk floods. Send us an email. That's right. And thank you for your review. And send us other stuff. Yeah. We need someday to get a P.O. box. I know, right? Um, for all the food and pies and stuff no one sends us. Um, mm-hmm. I also just really quickly before we end want to thank Rachel for doing the podcast oh, yeah. um, last week because that was really awesome. It was one of my favorite episodes to listen to. Um, and I look forward to doing more guest episodes because I, I don't know. I just really like the dynamic. I thought it was really fun. So thanks, Rachel, I, for being our first. Yeah. And first victim, really, because I feel like getting into a room with the two We're of a us. Lot. Yeah. I know. I think Andy's getting really mad. I, I don't want to make eye contact. No, he's. Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. I didn't make contact, but I like peeped out and like, oh, yeah, wasn't All right. good. All right. All right. You ready? Ready. Mm. Mm. Close enough. We're done. <laughs>